You are listening to the Plant-Based Superpower Mom Podcast, a podcast designed for moms seeking to incorporate all components of living a plant-based lifestyle, including food and far beyond. And welcome to another episode of the Plant-Based Superpower Mom Podcast. I am your host, Emily Wood, a registered dietitian, helping moms create more energy, confidence, and connection through the power of holistic plant-based living. If you are looking for more support on making the switch, you can request to join my free Plant-Based Superpower Mom Facebook group by clicking the link in the podcast description. Hey, everyone, and welcome back. So I took last week off of the podcast because I've been putting together a program called the Embracing Plant-Based Mastermind. And what it is, is it's a three-month, pretty in-depth program about making the transition to a more holistic plant-based lifestyle. And yes, we cover the food component, the what to eat, the how to cook it, and that kind of stuff. But it also ties in all of that mindset, mindfulness piece, along with tips for transitioning the family and dealing with eating out and social situations. So all of those big questions that we typically have when we make this transition, that's all covered in this program. And the thing that I really like about it is is really the whole mindset piece is my favorite because there's so many programs out there that just show you the how-tos, but they don't focus on maintaining that positivity and maintaining that motivation and inspiration, which is so key for transitioning to a healthier, happier lifestyle and making it stick. So that's the part I'm most excited about. But if you're in the situation right now where your kids are getting a little bit older and you're thinking you know, it's really time for me to start taking care of me because your health habits, they're maybe slipping away, maybe not the greatest. Maybe you have some health issues creeping in and you just don't want to have to worry about this stuff at all for the rest of your life. This is a program you should definitely check out. It's a combination of group support and individualization from me. So you get the best of both worlds, which is super cool. And you don't really see programs like this out there. If you want to check it out, if you want to get more info, hop on over to my website, emilywoodrd.com, and hit on the Work With Me tab. That'll bring you to a page. There's just a super short form you have to fill out. And then I will connect with you after I get that form. We'll talk about what's going on where you'd like to be compared to where you are right now, how maybe that's impacting your life, and see if you're a good fit for the program. It starts really soon, so if you're thinking that this is something you want to check out, make sure you do that ASAP. On to this week's week's episode, I spoke with Jennifer Z. I've known Jennifer for a while now. She's a wonderful person and super excited to have her on the podcast. Jennifer is a former fitness model, fitness competitor, and stylist. She runs a health coaching business, 
specializing in helping individuals with inflammatory conditions thrive through three powerful elements, food, fitness, and wellness. She knows firsthand how being dedicated to plant-powered food, fitness, and self-care can improve everything from inflammation, unbalanced moods, poor performance in the gym, low energy levels, and various skin conditions. In this episode, Jennifer shares with us her own battle with endometriosis and how she was able to tackle this inflammatory condition and take complete control of her health, get strong, and achieve a state of well-being that she didn't think was attainable. Super excited to share this episode with you guys, and as always, thank you for listening, and please enjoy this week's episode. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Of course. So this is probably my fourth time speaking with Jennifer, and she's so wonderful, and I knew I had to have her on the podcast, and I was just on her podcast, was it a, I don't know, maybe a month ago? Um, plant-based and happy. So you guys can check that out if you haven't already. Um, but she has lots of cool people on there. So, so yeah, so this is exciting. So another conversation and I really wanted to start off. I really like to hear other people's stories. Um, and it really helps people listening relate as well to this lifestyle and what other people maybe have struggled with or overcome by making this transition. Um, so I know you have a little bit of a history with endometriosis. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about that? Of course. So I I guess I should start by saying that I went undiagnosed for quite some time. And I think one of the things with endometriosis especially is women think that having a horrendous period, ending up in bed, missing days of school, work, life is normal. And it wasn't until a lot later on in my life that I realized that that is not normal um i actually started experiencing these mysterious stomach cramps and in the beginning it was really my fault for not noticing that these stomach cramps were aligning with my period so what happened was i think it was when i entered my 30s i these stomach cramps kept popping up more like flare-ups and they would get more and more intense every month and it wasn't until i guess one of the last few trips that i took to california and i had a flare-up on the way to our place there that i finally thought okay i have to get this this dealt with but if you back up a few years i actually went misdiagnosed with IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome. And the thing with irritable bowel syndrome and endometriosis is the symptoms are very similar. So it's kind of hard to, especially if you're not a doctor, it's very hard to uh, disassociate the two. Um, And some often think that they have both, which they probably could, or, uh, or it's just the symptoms mimicking each other. Um, and, and so finally, you know, I went misdiagnosed and I started really being mindful of what was happening to me around my periods. And it was funny that these symptoms were aligning with my period. And I thought maybe this is something other than IBS. So 
eventually I saw a specialist and had a bunch of tests done and went through the whole thing. And she diagnosed me with endometriosis. Um, and that was really the silver lining to what actually led me to the plant-based lifestyle. Uh, I, I think if I hadn't have gotten diagnosed, I would have still been continuing on living the way I was living. So I'm, I'm, I may be one of the few that's thankful that I got diagnosed with endometriosis. Mm -hmm. It's always helpful. I mean, in some cases, or in almost all cases, you're, you're almost hoping for that diagnosis. Mm. So you know what's going on with your body and how you can begin to manage or reverse these symptoms. And yeah. going back to what you said about just thinking it's normal is, I think a lot of us do just tend to brush off these symptoms and just and just think of them as normal. Oh, well, I was busy or, oh, it's around my period or, oh, I haven't, you know, maybe been doing this as much or, I mean, but to really, you know, to really, really decide, okay, look, I got to figure out what's going on. Um, because if you don't, it really does start to put a lot of limitations, I feel, on the, on our quality of life. And yes. I don't have, yes, it does. And, and I don't have endometriosis, but I've always suffered before I had kids with, extremely heavy periods. I mean, mm -hmm. I would just be curled up in a ball because the cramps would just be unbearable. Um, so not that I can relate to what you were going with, going through with endometriosis, but it's kind of on a similar level. Yes. You yeah, don't it sounds to... similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned it, this, pro this is what really led you into the plant-based lifestyle, but how did you come across it? And, and why did you decide, you know what, this is something that I want to pursue and go for? Right. So, so when I was finally diagnosed with endometriosis, I was given three options and, and, and all three options were only going to mask my symptoms, which at the point in, at that point in time, I was ending up in the hospital every single month with my period, um, which was not fun. So one of the options was go on the birth control pill. And I was very reluctant to go back on a synthetic hormone that in my 20s, I suffered so many side effects from mood swings to, you know, the physical side effects, as well as, you know, sometimes I think one, one pill gave me suicidal thoughts. So I, the whole thought of going back on that nearing 40 was not a great option for me. The other option was to go on a pill that is designed to mask the endometriosis symptoms. And I thought, okay, that doesn't sound so bad until I read the long list of side effects. And I thought, okay, well, that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, my last option was, which was actually the most ludicrous was uh, get pregnant and have a break. So, <laughs> so oh, I thought, <laughs> okay, I'm going to get pregnant and have a break from the endometriosis for the pregnancy and then have a baby that I don't necessarily want right now. And, uh, is the endometriosis going to come back? And the answer was yes. So, <laughs> okay. then. <laughs> so my condition is basically a condition of inflammation, chronic inflammation. So I started really looking into more holistic approaches, which, uh, ended up leading me to okay, I have an inflammatory condition. Why not try to, since 
all I'm doing with all these other options is masking the symptoms. Why not mask these symptoms with an anti-inflammatory approach? And that's how I found uh, an anti-inflammatory diet, which is actually the whole food plant-based lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to skip ahead here because this was one of the questions, but it makes sense here now that we're talking about it, um, is that I do notice on your website and a lot of what you post is, is circled around inflammation, among other things as well. Uh, so what exactly is inflammation and how does it impact our health? So inflammation, I mean, a lot of people talk about inflammation as being bad, but actually it's no, only when it's chronic is it bad, which is what I have, which is awesome. But, uh, but inf inflammation is actually, it's the body's response to injury. So it works to heal wounds. And it can also play a role in chronic diseases as well. So it's the body's way of signaling the immune system to heal and repair damaged tissue. And it's also a way for itself to um, defend itself from foreign invaders. So like viruses and bacteria. And inflammation only turns bad when you have chronic inflammation or for example, an autoimmune disease uh, which is where the immune system decides to attack itself, which is also not fun. Mm -hmm. But chronic inflammation, whether it's from a poor diet uh, or a disease, it is a heck of a lot worse when you're eating pro-inflammatory foods because you're just contributing to that chronic inflammation. And when I say pro-inflammatory foods, I mean highly processed foods, refined foods, um, you know, things like that. So. So for me, knowing all of this, finally, which was, <laughs> which was an adventure in itself, uh, but well worth it, uh, knowing all this, I have, that's why I decided to take the approach to reduce the chronic inflammation with the anti-inflammatory foods as opposed to you know, synthetic hormones or having a baby or all the other stuff that I was, all the other nice options I was given. Yeah, so, so you're now treating the root cause instead of just covering it up with these, with these other options. Um, so you mentioned a few pro-inflammatory foods. What are some anti-inflammatory foods that you would recommend that we should try to include on a daily basis? So one of the big things, one of the things that I take on a daily basis is turmeric powder. Uh, but, you know, I think and I, I add turmeric to everything, literally to my lattes, to my oatmeal in the morning, which if you mix it with a little bit of cinnamon, it takes that bite out of it. Um, but I think a lot of people, they think if something works, then they need to take super doses of these things. And with turmeric powder, that's, that's simply not the case. There's, there's a study on, uh, on turmeric powder that Dr. Greger talks about um, I think his website is nutritionfacts.org. Mm -hmm. uh, and he talks about this study that basically suggests that you need far less, you don't need a super dose of turmeric powder to get that anti-inflammatory benefit. So you can have as little as two tablespoons daily, um, which I easily have to actually benefit from, from the anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, another thing is cruciferous Dark, grief, dark leafy greens, uh, which includes like your kale, your cauliflower, your broccoli, uh, maybe not your cauliflower, but your broccoli, um, colored greens, which is amazing. And this also happens to, so 
oftentimes with endometriosis, it could be, uh, nobody really knows the root cause of it, but it, uh, some of the effects could be because of estrogen dominance. And so <clears throat> things like broccoli, cabbage, and cauliflower, they actually work to help reduce the estrogen in your body by eliminating it. So they have a phytochemical and it's called, it's called methane, and the short form is DIM. And you'll see it in capital letters when you're searching it. And what that does is it helps the body detoxify the excess estrogen. So if you have an estrogen dominance, you definitely want to get rid of that extra estrogen. And another way to do that too is eating fibrous foods. So a plant-based diet is perfect for that because it helps you excrete the estrogen faster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. And, yeah. And then going back to the turmeric, um, even I think in Dr. Greger's, I have his cookbook and then his how not to die book. I think he even mentions that even as little as an eighth of a teaspoon a day could have benefit yes. of turmeric. I mean, you don't need a lot of this stuff and, and, and it's not the same. And this drives me crazy. Um, because people, you know, I'll be talking to people and they'll say, yeah, I take a turmeric supplement. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. Get the real food. It's not going to respond the same in your body. Um, And it's so easy, as you mentioned, to add the turmeric powder to so many different things and and needing just a small amount. You're not even going to taste it really. No. And and also um, what I've started doing too is just buying the turmeric root. Um, The one thing that you, and I don't know if... um, I mean, when something comes out, there's all these conflicting arguments about it. But what I've heard is that if you chew, if you take turmeric powder and you also add black pepper to it, it helps it absorb into your body better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read that here and there. So yeah, I'm not, I've heard I'm that not, as well. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I I put a little bit of black pepper on everything too now. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, so, so making this transition, I mean, how has this impacted your health? So, I mean, the obvious is with the endometriosis, I went from having a flare up every single month to it's been over a year and I haven't had a single flare up. Uh, my periods are easier. That's not to say that my periods are super smooth every single month because every cycle is different, but I definitely notice my moods are more balanced. I used to suffer from a lot of anxiety and that I just don't have the anxiety that I had before. Uh, Energy is a heck of a lot better. I would sleep a full eight hours at night and wake up exhausted and wonder what, what the heck's wrong with me? I thought I had, um, I thought I had some sort of like extreme fatigue going on, but it was, or, or I wasn't getting proper REM sleep, but the actual fact was it was all the crap that I was putting into my body and expecting more out of it than what I was really putting in. So I wasn't fueling it properly. And, um, and you know, my skin, I used to suffer from acne in my teenage years. And then that carried on into my adult years, which was awesome. And it wasn't until I, I cut out, I, I think primarily it was the dairy and the refined sugars. And when I finally cut that out in the beginning, I noticed that I wasn't breaking out anymore, which who doesn't like that? 
Yeah, I know. And I know in our previous conversations, you know that I've, I've struggled with the same thing. And it's terrible, you know, being 25 and being embarrassed to go out with your friends because you have this acne all over your face. I mean, we shouldn't have to worry about that at that age. And, you know, I, and, and at the time too, I was eating generally healthy, but you know, your general healthy, um, dare, you know, lower fat dairies and yes. eats and all of that. And I'm like, well, this shouldn't be happening to me. I, I eat pretty healthy, quote unquote. Um, but same, same thing with me is that, you know, when I made this transition and, and I will say, if you're struggling with your skin, you know, don't expect improvement in like a week. Um, no. <laughs> it, it really, it really did take probably a solid three months for me to notice a significant clearing up of my skin. And then mm -hmm. after that, like still to this day, it just gets better and better every day. I mean, really, I, I never have to worry about having breakouts ever, even during my period. Never do I ever have to worry about breakups or breakouts. Excuse me. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So. Well, one of the other things too is I haven't gotten sick. I used to get sick. I would dread winter. The winter season, I would dread because the second I'd leave the house, I'd be sick. If somebody sneezed beside me, I'd get it. And, <laughs> or I'd hear a cough from a mile away. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get sick. And I have not been sick in over a year. And my entire family has gotten, you know, actually I'm lucky because my family, they're not the type of, types of people that get sick all the time mm -hmm. uh, with like the chronic ear infections and stuff like that. So that's the one thing I'm lucky about, but you know, my husband's been sick, my stepkids have been sick and uh, I, you know, whereas previously I would be wearing a mask in this house. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, bring it on. Cause I know that my immune system is like rock solid here. So, yeah. so yeah, I haven't been sick in God knows how long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about that as well. Um, so speaking of your family, do they follow a plant-based diet or what's going on there? So yes, to a point. So, um, so I do have stepkids and, you know, we have a, we have a great blended family, but the thing is there are different dietary restrictions and requirements uh, from our house to their house. And, you know, my whole point to when I help my clients make the transition is progress over perfection. And that's the one thing that I really had to learn in the beginning because I was, I was just deathly afraid of ending up in the hospital again. So I, I was really strict in the beginning and I am still a lot stricter than my husband and my stepkids, of course. Um, so for me, it was all about leading by example. I, it helps that I'm the sole cook in the house. So when I started transitioning from, you know, making chicken and salmon to chickpeas and brown rice, and I, the one thing that I made sure was that everything looked delicious. And even if in the beginning it didn't taste delicious, it, the presentation had to be there because if something doesn't look good, you're not going to eat it. Mm -hmm. So I slowly started sneaking all of this stuff in. And I always thought this is something that I'm selfishly doing for myself and or doing to myself. And I don't want to put everyone else through this, but my friends and family started noticing all of the benefits, like my moods, my skin, um, and the, the fact that I wasn't in the hospital every month. So naturally, everyone started to want to take this journey with me, and even my in-laws, um, which was amazing. So everyone started to 
sort of gravitate over to the the lighter side, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's not to say that if we're at a restaurant and my husband wants something that's non-plant-based, that I'm going to be all judgmental because for me, it's like, I know how you're going to feel in an hour. And, yeah. you know, you made that yeah. choice. Um, and sometimes that, sometimes you have to make mistakes to learn. So I'd really rather him make that choice on his own and then come to a conclusion that, oh, maybe that wasn't so good for me, as opposed to harping on people about what they eat uh, and becoming really judgy. Because for me, it's, I would love for everyone to experience these benefits, but if they're not ready, there's really no point to, to push it too hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I a thousand percent agree. And as far as living, living this lifestyle and eating mostly plant-based and then having a meal that maybe has a little bit of meat or some dairy, I mean, you really do feel like crap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why am I doing that to myself? And I remember when I was, I don't know. I mean, I was maybe like six months into my plant-based journey and I decided at a party, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have this, this dairy based dip and I'm going to have some of these cheese and crackers and I'm going to have a slice of pizza. And the next day I literally thought I was going to die. I will never (laughs) forget the way I felt. And I'm like, I don't ever want to do that to myself again. So sometimes you do just have to make that mistake and feel like crap the next day. And then maybe, uh, maybe that will, uh, spare you the next time around. Um, Well, you'll definitely think about it a little harder the next time. I mean, there's a difference between me telling my husband, don't eat that because you're going to feel a certain way as opposed to him eating it and feeling a certain way. Yes. Yes. And then deciding on his, on his own, oh, (laughs) I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But for the most part to answer, that was a long way to answer your question, but for the most part, I would say my family is about 70 to 80% plant-based. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And, and, and I feel, you know, and I think people are, are some people, they can become easily frustrated if their, if their spouse or their children aren't immediately on board with this. And I I just, I just want to say is that it's with people I talk to, it seems more common than not that they're the ones diving into this lifestyle. And then the spouse and the kids usually jump on board. Sometimes they don't at all, depending on their age or depending um, you know, how, how open they are to making changes, but you know, there's been times, I mean, I still do it. I mean, where I have to make three separate dinners, mm-hmm. but I, but I don't see that as a burden because I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. So if I need to make my own, my own dinner, um, because I want to maintain this lifestyle, then, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that too, right? It's, for me, making my own dinners or eating before I go to a restaurant because I know that whatever wherever I'm going, I can't eat at, it's a form of self-respect. So I want to feel a certain way. I'm going to ensure that I feel that way. And I'm going to be responsible enough to make sure that, that it, everything goes accordingly. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to make everyone else miserable in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because you're just, you're just going to push people away more. So if you're constantly, hey, do this. Hey, why aren't you doing that? And, and, and just driving them towards the way you want them to eat. And it's just really continuing to just be a model for this lifestyle. 
And I found that that really does start to create a lot of curiosity. And that is more persuasive to get people on board as well with this lifestyle. Absolutely. Leading by example and, and actually going through the motions and, and experiencing the benefits in front of, like right before everyone's eyes and they're noticing it, that is definitely more impactful than saying, you shouldn't eat that. You should eat this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. So I know you're really big into fitness and I got to ask you, <laughs> does being physically active replace following a healthy eating pattern? No. <laughs> so, and, and I'm prime example of this, right? So I would say absolutely not. I mean, for me, I've been in the fitness industry since I, and I'm almost 40 now. So since I was 18 and I was eating what I thought was clean eating. So your lean chicken, your sweet potatoes, your, you know, um, low carb diet, which it's funny because I had a higher body fat percentage back then than I do now. And I'm not working out half as much. Oh wow! Uh, I was doing two a days. Um, so you know, and I still ended up with all these health issues. So working out alone wasn't going to help prevent or prevent me from getting endometriosis or help reduce the amount of flare-ups or um, lower my body fat percentage. I think they have to go hand in hand. So, you know, I, I technically thought I was eating clean but in hindsight, I look back and I thought, I think that's, I was eating a horrendous mm -hmm. diet. And now what I'm doing is I'm fueling my body to be able to go to the gym, to have a great workout as opposed to a mediocre workout. And I'm in better shape than I am today than I have ever been. And the only difference is I changed my eating, my lifestyle. So I'm still working out. I'm still going five days a week. I'm still doing crazy workouts, CrossFit, all this other nonsense, but I'm just eating plant-based, you know? And when people are like, oh, well, where do you get your protein? How are you going to build muscle? Well, I'm still building lean muscle without animal protein. So regardless of the science behind it, people see me in the gym and they're like, oh, what are you doing differently? Are you eating more protein? I'm like, yes, but plant-based. <laughs> yeah, and I hear that from vegan bodybuilders is that they actually say that they feel like they're more fit by only eating plants, that they're actually building more muscle and being more fit, yeah. which, is, which is incredible and proof right there that you don't need to be stuffing your face with loads of animal-based protein to build no. muscle and be in good physical fitness. Well, and also because the by default, the plant-based lifestyle, the plant-based diet is low fat. So when you start incorporating animal protein, you're incorporating a heck of a lot more fat. So if you're trying to get lean and ripped, say for a fitness show, what do you think you want to do? Do you want to eat a bunch of animal protein that's full of fat? So you're basically contradicting what you're trying to do, or do you want to have that low fat plant-based protein? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I'm not really huge into strength training. I'm more of a, of a runner, uh, but I've also noticed incredible benefits one. And I've been running all my life. I mean, I've played soccer. I ran track. I, I just, 
Um, but now that I'm, and I'm 33 now, so, but I can run further and faster literally than I ever have. And, and that all started when I made this transition to plant-based eating. So I have noticed a significant difference in my recovery time and my endurance. I mean, noticeably, and it should, you know, you kind of equate getting older with, with the opposite. Well, I'm not going to be able to run anymore. I'm not going to be able to look like that anymore. And, and that's so untrue. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned it too. I think the recovery time is key. So because I don't have as much inflammation going through my body, because I'm eating anti-inflammatory foods, my recovery time has shortened. I'm able to get back to the gym either the next day or the day after, after a crazy workout. And my injuries are far less. I'm not injuring myself as much. And even if I do tweak something, the injury is not, you know, two to four week recovery time. It's a couple of days and, you know, maybe a foam roller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super important. So what kind of exercise, and I get asked this a lot, so that's why I I want your expertise on this. What kind of exercise is best for someone who's trying to lose weight? So what I would suggest if you're trying to lose weight, there's a combination, but first and foremost, I would go for more of like a high intensity interval training. And this is where you're taking alternate short periods of intense anaerobic exercise Uh, with less intense recovery periods until you're just too exhausted to continue. Um, Although that's not to say that you should avoid weightlifting altogether. And I know there's this misconception. A lot of women are like, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get bulky. The thing is, it's hard to get bulky. Trust me, I've tried when I was doing fitness competitions. There was, it was a heck of a lot of work to get bulky. Yeah. Um, so by default, females just won't develop that type, you know, they're, they're, they have, they just don't have the hormones. They don't have enough testosterone to make them bulky. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, but I hear it time and time again, I don't want to get bulky. Well, the best thing about lifting weights is you're not a, you're not going to get bulky, but B you're going to develop lean muscle. And when you have more muscle than fat on your body, you burn more fat while resting. So what that means is if I'm sitting here with a certain amount of muscle over fat on my body, when I'm sitting here, I'm burning more fat than somebody who doesn't have as much muscle on their body. So a combination of the two for sure, because one, you're burning calories. And then the second one is you're also building muscle so that you can burn more calories while doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great to me. (laughs) And that of course is in conjunction with a healthy eating pattern, preferably the whole plant-based diet. Um, and I can't even tell you all around. I mean, we've, we've touched on so many incredible benefits, but I mean, there is just so much reward in, in living the plant-based lifestyle. And I, I just would never go back. (laughs) No, I, and that's the thing. And, and a lot of people ask me, well, don't you miss this? Don't you miss that? And my answer to that is a, I don't, but B what I really don't miss is 
being miserable, waking up exhausted, having bad skin and ending up in the hospital every month with my period. That's what I don't miss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. This was incredible. We touched on some really common topics that people have a lot of questions about. Um, so just, so just thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And if you want to find out more about Jennifer, please check out her full bio in the episode description. And there will also be links there. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk. If you are liking the plant-based superpower mom podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends and family.